Hi there. The other day, I read an article on NPR. The article was entitled, She Snapped at a Man on the Street Asking for Money, and it was published November 9th, 2023, this year, um, by Ryan Katz and Autumn Barnes. But um, it impacted me because I had an experience uh, while reading this article. And I thought I would share it. Uh, it just kind of put some ideas in my head about about the nature of God and and how he interacts with humanity. Whether we're believers in Christ or not, he loves us and he is continually trying to reach us. Uh, but he has to do so in such a way to uh, respect our agency free will and not to intrude upon that and to allow us the space to not believe in him if we choose to. And even those who don't really believe in a God, I believe uh, he interacts with every day on some level. Uh, little things in nature, in life, that, uh, that impact the heart, that try to reach the spirit. And if we become sensitive, if we become open to that, then there is a testimony and a witness. All of creation testifies in any case, I want to read this article to you. This particular story is about a young woman uh, and her interaction with a man on the street more than a decade ago, which has stuck with her ever since. In 2012, Laura Eshelman was struggling with her mental health. The love of her life had just dumped her. She was struggling with an eating disorder and she was having trouble even finding a job at this point. According to her testimony, I was leaving a downtown business where I had yet another application rejected. I was feeling pretty down and decided to go to the Whole Foods across the street. Crossing the street, I noticed a man asking for money on the corner. His unkempt hair and clothing made it seem like he'd been living outside for a while. I watched as he asked a passerby for change, but was ignored. And as I approached, he turned his attention on me, asking if he could have a little bit of money. And I don't remember what my response was to him, and I'm glad that I don't. Because what I do recall is that whatever I said was very unkind. It was very harsh. Something to the tune of, leave me the hell alone. I don't have anything to give you, just bug off. I continued into the grocery store, but as I perused the aisles, I felt distracted and rattled. I couldn't quite put my finger on it until the realization of how rude and awful I had been to this person hit me like an anvil. I remember thinking, what the hell have I become? Who are you? I left my groceries behind and I rushed outside to find this man. He was still on the street corner and I hustled over to him and I began to apologize profusely and I dug out some change that I had, of course, had been at the bottom of my pocket this whole time. And as I handed him the change, the man took my hand in both of his. His hands were large and rough and he just said, it's going to be okay. And for the first time in a long time, I felt like somebody was seeing my own pain. 
Someone was truly seeing me, and I started to cry. She stood there with a the man for a few moments before they parted ways. She never saw him again. If he were here right now, she wrote, I would love to be able to tell him that that moment on that street was one of a few glimmers in that extremely dark period of my life. When I read that part about this man taking her hand into his own hands and telling her that it was going to be okay, there was an instant where I actually saw that moment, or I believe I did. I saw this man, I saw his face, I saw his hands enfolding her own. And I was filled with what can only be described as a kind of knowing deep down in my spirit. And what I understood, I cannot prove to be a fact. And it isn't my intention to persuade you of this. But I share it simply that you might entertain the possibility. What I understood in that moment is that this homeless man, as it were, was an angel of the Lord. That he was there, that particular corner, on that particular day, and in that precise moment, because of her. It was, as it were, a divine appointment. Now, if my experience wasn't a fanciful imagination on my part, it should be noted that God did not fix all of her earthly problems that day. He did not restore her relationship with her boyfriend. He did not give her a job. But we can assume that things did work out for her. She did eventually get a job. And she is now in a much better place in her life. I think it's worth noting that God did not pull out a magic wand and remove all the obstacles in her life. And I don't believe this is how God works, that you won't go through any struggles. But that's not what Jesus said. While we're in this world, we will have trials and tribulations. What he promises, though, is that he will be with us through them all. And that if we will remain faithful, if we will meet these things with an eye of faith, and trust in him that all things work together for good. What he did do that day is that he showed up for this woman at a pivotal point in her life with exactly what she needed in that moment. The blessing that was bestowed upon her then not only changed her, but she has now passed on a blessing to the rest of the world in sharing her story. That it might stir up something deep in the hearts of people when they hear it. I've said for years to people, and I think probably they look at me a little odd. I don't think I've ever really explained this very well. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to now, but I've, I have said that I believe God is a minimalist. From everything that I've observed, he's a minimalist. And as I was thinking about that uh, just the other day uh, when contemplating sharing this, I realized he's not a minimalist in heaven. He wasn't a minimalist when he created the heavens and the earth. I don't think he's a minimalist in that way. 
that his glory, the glorious creations of his are extraordinary and beyond our imagination. But I do believe that in his interactions with humanity, with people, while on this earth, he is a minimalist. And what I mean by that is that he is able to touch just the right thing, nudge the right thing, cause small things to bring about something greater, that he's not heavy-handed, uh, that it's not overwhelming and undeniable. We can have testimonies when we exercise faith that may seem almost undeniable, yet the way he goes about it, I believe he allows for the possibility of questions, that he allows for the possibility of even doubt, perhaps in a, a time of a trial, a great trial of faith, we can doubt even those many testimonies that we have had and, and wonder, perhaps I just made that up in my mind, or was it a coincidence? We can actually have those doubts, even if we are uh, strong believers in Jesus Christ, even if we have had many experiences with him in a dark time of our lives, in a dark trial like Job's, we can have doubts. We don't have to, but we can. And the way that God interacts with us allows for that. And I believe this is important because of free will, because of agency, because God does not want to intrude upon that, and that he must allow humanity and all those who are on this earth to have to make a decision and a choice to believe. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're going to have many opportunities for Satan to come along and tempt us to doubt or to question or wonder about God's love for us. It happens. It's human. But it's part of the plan, and it's part of what we need for our growth. I wanted to share this story because it touched me, and maybe it'll touch someone out there. Because I have had, from time to time, interactions with people. Maybe they weren't angels. Or I've had something happen where it just seems like, I mean, you could call it a coincidence, but just at a moment where I just really needed some help or uh, was just beside myself, um, something happened. Something, some intervention appears to have taken place. And if you're not a believer, and if you don't have eyes to see, or if you're not looking for those things with an eye of faith, if you're an atheist or an agnostic, you would simply write those things off very easily, maybe not even hardly notice them. You know, one time I was driving into work on I-70 into downtown Kansas City, and uh, I'm driving along, and everyone is speeding along at super fast speeds, as they like to do, and uh, suddenly I noticed uh, the streetlights were on. It was early morning, but the sun was up, and they were flashing. They were just flickering on and off, and... As I kept going down the road, I noticed that all of the street lamps all the way down I-70 
for about a mile or so were all flashing, flashing, flashing. And I'd never seen them doing that before. I've seen where one or two lamps are doing that, but all of them just randomly flashing, almost like Morse code or something. And it really drew my attention to them. And as I was considering the oddity of that and was about to just dismiss it and go on with my life, something hit me that I needed to watch out, that I needed to be prepared to stop. Now, just a moment or two later, I began to notice brake lights and man, there was a fast stop on I-70. Everyone was slamming on their brakes. And of course, everyone is so close to each other. They don't leave space. They're going so fast. I mean, it's amazing if they don't have a wreck. You know, people oftentimes have to fly off into the shoulders to avoid hitting one another. And it was one of those times. It was one of those bad times. I had already begun to put a lot of space between me and the car in front of me so I could begin to slow down. Um, and so I was able to stop but just barely and give enough time for the person behind me to also stop. And I realized that those lamps with their flickering message, like a Morse code, drew my attention to ponder it for just a moment. And in the pondering of what was going on, God, his spirit was able to communicate, slow down, be prepared to stop. I want to share another testimony so this happened not quite, but almost 20 years ago, maybe. So I was uh, living in Lansing, Michigan, and uh, our church uh, was in Sanford, Michigan. That's a good hour and a half drive north. And uh, my cousin and his wife, uh, Karen, lived a good hour and a half south of us, south of Lansing. So an hour and a half in each direction. And she was feeling very down. Um, and I think uh, my cousin was out of town or something on a business trip. And in any case, um, she was really wanting to go to church. But that's like a three-hour drive for her. And she wasn't going to do that. And I just felt compassion. And I said, hey, I'll come get you. I'll come get you and pick you up and take you to church. Now, um, she very much wanted to go to church. She very much wanted to see family and be uplifted um, and to feel the spirit and to be with the, the church body. We really had a, a beautiful congregation at that time and a lot of spirit-filled people. And uh, I insisted. And I went down uh, really early very early Sunday morning to drive an hour and a half south to pick her up, then drive back three hours to get to the church. Well, I guess I had a lot of love for her. And, and so I just felt like she needed this so badly. I, I would make the sacrifice. It'd be no big deal. It would be an adventure. Um, I like driving. So anyway, I was driving this, uh, big old crown, Victoria that was my grandfather's that I inherited in big old metal car, um, very heavy. And uh, coming back from Kalamazoo and picking her up and going through Lansing, I was telling her like, well, we're getting low on gas, so remind me to get gas in Lansing. 
And, uh, well, she forgot, and I forgot, because we were talking. And so we're north of Lansing now, and I suddenly remember that we didn't get gas. Or maybe she did, I don't remember. And I'm looking down at the gas tank needle, and it is on E. I'm like, very much on E, like, possibly below E. And I just remember thinking, oh boy. Now, there was a gas station just up the road on the highway here. It was a divided highway um, near St. John's. And there was a gas station. It was on the left, so you'd have to cross over, you know, uh, on a median and um, to get to that gas station. And I decided to be funny, like I often tried to do. And so I started to pump the gas, letting my foot off the pedal and hitting it a couple times like this to make the car kind of jerk and then pretend like oh no we're running out of gas and uh well was that funny i don't know but in any case after laughing about it and saying that was me immediately after that the car starts actually doing that without my help and we really were running out of gas and <laughs> This is where I think, you know, God has a sense of humor, you know, <laughs> that I'm playing a joke on her. And now I, he's kind of playing a joke on me, I think, on some level. But, you know, he's not orchestrating this just to play a joke on me. He's also loving me like I was loving Karen. And uh, so he orchestrated it for us to run out of gas right there at a gas station, but I couldn't quite make it into the gas station. So I pull off to the left-hand side of the highway and start to get into the little road that crosses over and that's where it dies. And so now what you're looking at is a very heavy car um, that is going to be hard to push. And But I'm going to have to push it across two lanes of freeway traffic and there's a lot of traffic and worse than that or just as bad is that if you get across that okay then the gas station is kind of up on a hill so now you got to push this thing up a hill which seemed to be an impossible task but anyway i had karen get behind the wheel of the car and i start pushing on one side of the car and it started to cross that highway at a point where I thought maybe we could make it. Uh, there's a, you know, a little bit of space between us and the next line of cars coming down at us. And somehow I get it across that highway, but now I'm getting that hill and this thing is um, going to come to a stop. And suddenly, out of nowhere, and I mean nowhere because this is the middle of nowhere, this is in the middle of cornfields and beans, and it's just it's just farmland, okay? And there's this one gas station up on a hill, and that's it. And there's no one around. It's no pedestrians. There are no other cars that are pulled over or anything. But just out of nowhere, someone comes up from behind me and jumps behind the car, and suddenly we're going up the hill. And I don't, he must have been very strong. That's all I can say, because we went right up the hill, no problem. And right up to the gas pump. And then I turned to thank him. And he was gone. I I don't know where he went. I don't know where he could have gone. You know. We could not help but think. 
surely this was an angel. So, unable to thank him, really, we thanked the Lord for his help. And we went on and went to church, we made it, and it was a good day. And it was a shared experience and a testimony that we had. You know, there are many trials I go through, and each of us, I believe, where you don't always have what appears to be supernatural help. And it's not always in that moment. Like the woman in the story, this homeless man, if he was an angel, and I believe he was, he did not wave a magic wand that day and fix all her problems. He just took her hand into his and said, it's going to be okay. And sometimes the Lord just works through a friend, maybe a family member, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's one of your children. Somebody just gives you a hug when you need it. Someone gives you a word of encouragement. And even when we feel alone, help is on the way. God has a plan. He knows your need before you even ask. So ask him. It may not be that day. Like the woman in the story. She didn't get her boyfriend back. She didn't get a job that day. None of those things occurred at that day. But, no doubt, she's in a better space now. And looking back all these years, she realizes that moment with this man and the compassion that he showed her was a time where everything began to turn around. We must give God his time to work in our lives and that he must do things in a certain way so as not to rob us of our agency. We must be allowed a trial of our faith. And so there will not always be the stranger that shows up immediately in that moment and helps push your car across the road. But know that God is looking out for you. You will find a way and he will help you. That there are those who will come along and help you. But look for these testimonies. Look for these little things in your life that maybe was a coincidence. Maybe it just happened to be that you got a raise or you got a bonus right before your car broke down and you need a repair. I can't tell you how many times I have been so disappointed and thought to myself, you know, every time I think I'm going to get ahead and then here's this car repair or something. And one day the Lord just pointed out to me and said, maybe before the need was even there, I prepared the way for you to afford to pay for it. And wow, that's a whole different way of looking at it. So I got my income tax return or I got a Christmas bonus and I'm all excited because I have extra money now and maybe I had plans for it or I want to use it for something or maybe I just want to put it in savings. And then my car broke down. I'd never really thought to think that perhaps instead of this just being another way that Satan has robbed me of that which I thought I was going to have, that actually it was God preparing the way to take care of that expense before I even knew I was going to have it. Anyway, I guess the point of this entire video is that God is good and that uh, he does take care of us. Jesus has told us that he would. 
And when we go through trials, when we go through tribulations, when the answer doesn't come immediately or the help does not appear immediately, do not lose heart. Do not lose faith. Help is on the way. Lay your concerns out to him and trust in him and help will come. For he has said, for even those who are evil know how to give good gifts to their children. And how much more does he, God, love us? He takes care of the sparrows and feeds them. How much more does he love us? And so I'd say, open your eyes and take a look around. And look with an eye of faith the next time you have a need, the next time you're in a bad place. And exercise faith in your heart and expecting and knowing that God delivers. Amen. Until next time, God bless.